This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Okay, so they're making way, but have been told to make way. So let's get a little bit into that. Yes, it's the warm-up episode 118. <laughs> it's Brady. We are Tomless for our commentary preview. However, we are joined by BBC Radio Leeds' very own Catherine. Hannah, Catherine, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello. I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry I'm no Tom, but I'll do my best. Oh, it's all right. You know, um, you can. there's a thing is too much Tom sometimes. Um, I can keep <laughs> him around, but good to have you on. Thank uh, you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah, nice to, uh, nice to reverse reverse it and you know me I know it's weird isn't it it's normally me asking the questions I this is a very very uncharted territory for me it's normally me grilling you about things rather than the other way around so I will do my best yes I'm ready to get my revenge shall we say um um, so it's an interesting one this one because obviously we're going to preview the Coventry game but um we are recording the day after that pesky midweek game against Stoke. Um, and it was a bit of a significant one, Neil Warnock's last game. So we're going to mix up the format a little bit um, to how we normally do. Because as mentioned, it was uh, Neil Warnock's last game as his second spell as Huddersfield Town manager. Um, so yeah, just just about that game. It was too old. It was very chaotic, is how I'd describe it. Um, so Catherine, I know obviously you you were at the pre-match presser, um, but it was, you know, from all accounts, it was a bit of a crazy game. Do you think that's a fitting end? To Neil Warnock's tenure. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It's an it's it's always a shame that they didn't kind of go and get like the last minute winner. That's the fairy tale ending, isn't it? You kind of say goodbye to Neil Warnock off the back of a 3-2 win and he sails off with Ronnie Jepson into the sunset. Sadly not to be. Um, in some ways, I was I was listening to the post-match reaction on BBC Radio Leeds last night, and I think a couple of people made the point. Maybe in some ways, not so much for Neil Warnock, but for whoever is gonna get the job it's maybe a good thing that it ended on a draw and ended in a way that people can look at it and go, well, he did a fantastic job. There is still work to do. You know what I mean? Rather than it being like three wins on the bounce and everybody then particularly is like, why are we getting rid of this guy? You know, it just kind of gives a little bit more wiggle room, bit of manoeuvre for whoever comes in next to things to work on and things still to improve. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree with that. Um, I went to the game last night and we were coming out and I think um, that pressure of uh, saying goodbye to someone who's got three wins on the spin and then uh, head of Coventry, uh, I think it does really add to that pressure. And you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, at, at half time it was one all. I think we were, Huddersfield were maybe lucky for it to be one all. I'd Stoke threatened quite a lot, had a couple of goals rolled out for offside. And um yeah, it kind of certainly highlighted the cracks maybe in the team and um, the reason I suppose we brought we brought Neil back in in the first place, um, you know, all those months ago. But Catherine, obviously you were at the the last well the last pre match presser for Neil. Um, it was a bit of an interesting one, obviously, because there was loads of rumours going into <laughs> it. Um, how how was that? Because you know, I'd be really keen to see what it was like in in the uh, the press room. You always know it's going to be a big one. Two reasons. One, suddenly loads of people that you never normally see rock up. <laughs> normally it's me or somebody else from BBC Radio Leeds. Um, Stephen Chicken, obviously, from The Examiner. Leon um, Wobshaw normally joins us on Zoom, The Yorkshire Post, and maybe one or two other people on Zoom. That's about it. You know it's going to be a big press conference when you walk in the room and there's loads of cameras there and loads of people that you're like, oh, I've not seen you before. Um, suddenly there is a whole load of interest. The second thing that you know it's going to be a big one, we get biscuits. <laughs> this doesn't normally happen at a regulation press conference. They always treat us very nicely, I must say, at Huddersfield Town. But when you go in and there's a little station set up with tea and biscuits and coffees, we even had some sticky toffee pudding, like sponge wow. cake there as well. I got a mint Viscount out of it on Monday. So, again, you kind of know, right, this is going to be a big deal when, uh, you know, it's all it's all laid out there for everybody to put us all in a good mood. Um it was fascinating. Um, and I will really miss Neil Warnock from the point of view that his press conferences are always fascinating. There is never a dull moment. Um, he talked for, I think it went on for about 50 minutes altogether. The vast majority of the questions answered by Neil Warnock, a few obviously put to the chief exec, Jake Edwards as well. Um, but it's trying to listen and trying to read the body language and think okay this is what's being said what do you actually mean <laughs> which are not necessarily the same things and I think the big things to come out of it for me very much keen to stress Neil Warnock that he is not retiring absolutely not if anything this has given him more fire in his belly for his next job wherever that may be that he's in great health he was also very quick to quash that rumor he's not leaving because of his age or that his health problems or that he's tired or any of that um, and most importantly, that as far as he was concerned, it was a big shock to the system. Uh, and that was echoed, if you heard the pre-match interview yesterday on BBC Radio Leeds with Ronnie Jepson, who also said, this decision has come to it as a shock to both of mm -hmm. them, the timing of it, which then makes you think of a load of other questions about, well, why is it a shock to come now rather than maybe at Christmas time? They'd sign the deal till the end of the season what's gone on to kind of hasten this departure quicker than clearly Neil Warnock or Ronnie Jepson were expecting. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be some interesting things coming up, I think, over the next few days. No, definitely. And, uh, yeah, at risk of putting you on the spot here, obviously you, you, you cover Huddersfield quite a lot. I mean, what, yeah. what do you kind of make of it all? Because, it, it, you know, it is, I suppose, you know, from our perspective, Neil obviously did that fantastic job last season. You know, we I personally, I wasn't sure he was going to stay on for a year and I didn't really know the incentive for him. 
Um, and then, you know, we get this year deal and then suddenly he's gone, what, six, seven games after the season started. Yeah, it's a funny one. I'll be honest, I was really surprised that he agreed to come back in the first place. I thought it was very much like you've ended on this massive high. You've saved the club from relegation. You've done this phenomenal job. Thank you and goodbye. You know, the, the takeover goes through is approved. Clean slate, start again. Clearly, that's not been the case. And he, he agreed to come back, which to say was a huge surprise. Um, and then the timing of it this time, because, all right, after a difficult start to the season, he's got his team in place. He's got through the transfer window. Quite how much argy-bargy has gone on during that period, we're not entirely sure. Uh, but he's got his squad together. He's starting to pick up some results. And then all of a sudden, it's like the rug being pulled out a little bit, isn't it? Going, oh, right. Um, thank you very much. See you later. We've got the next person lined up. And I'm I'm surprised at the timing of it. And I think the club have put themselves under a lot of pressure now. This appointment has got to be right because you have made the decision to... Um, called time on a manager who is hugely popular, has been really successful, seemed to be starting to get the squad together. They were clearly playing for him. And now it's fresh start. Big, big call. Big call. It is. And obviously, um, I don't think town fans will mind me saying we can be a bit of a pessimistic bunch at times. Um, let's be honest, though, <laughs> we haven't had a lot in the, in the last couple of seasons no. to be optimistic about. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Jake Edwards say it was more about a position of strength to do this. And like you mentioned, it's a big call. Um, you know, would you, I suppose that's a bit of refreshing to what we've normally seen, if you want to play devil's advocate and say, yeah, we are kind of in a good place. Things are getting sorted out behind the scenes. So do you think there is any positive to that? Or is it, you know, we, we talk so much about momentum in football and how, you know, that can really, you know, really, you can build on it. And um, it seems a bit weird to kind of, cut it just as we've had that difficult period and it appears like they were going on a bit of a run as a team. Yeah, they just must be really, really confident that they've got the, the person that they want. I'm going to say person rather than man. I think it will be a male a male uh, manager that takes over, but, you know, you never know these days. Um, they must just be absolutely convinced that they have got the person that they want. Jake Edwards talked about this three-year plan, as you say, three-year plan to get them back in the Premier League, that they have felt that they must strike while the iron's hot and make sure this person doesn't slip through their fingers because the last thing you want is to kind of hang fire till Christmas. They've got this name, um, they're available, and then suddenly you see them pop up in another job and the opportunity is gone. So from the club's point of view, if they're confident that they've got the right person, it's just then reading into it, well, why is that person available now? Why weren't they available in the summer and then that kind of leads you to question, right, OK, well, who's been in a job, who's been out of a job, who's currently still in a job, you know, because that rules out for me a couple of the names that have been floating around. If they're expecting to make an announcement before the Coventry game, surely it's got to be somebody who is not currently in work for whatever reason, because the complications of that, of getting somebody out of their current position and into this new one, well, all of that takes time, doesn't it? So it, it must be somebody who is ready and available to go right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, definitely won't happen. But just, I, I would, I would love it if there was a heel turn from Mark Robbins on. He just crosses dugout on Monday. Uh, <laughs> again, that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, we obviously we've we've talked a little bit about Neil in the future. I'll just want to because again, I think that's the thing. As soon as you know Neil, Neil was announced as stepping down, obviously, focus shifts to who's the next man, who's the next man, or, or you know. Or, woman uh, to take charge but I was looking at Neil's stats because obviously um, yourselves are, are 
BBC Radio League, put a little stat out. Um, so his Neil Warnock stats since being appointed for the second time at Huddersfield Town, 23 games, nine wins, seven draws, eight losses, uh, 33 league points, 29 goals scored, 35 goals conceded. I mean, Catherine, it's, that's, that's brilliant, particularly. I know we have short memories in football, but if you just think, where we were after Mark Fotheringham uh, was kind of, you know, dismissed. It's, it's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's an absolutely phenomenal achievement. And even Neil Warnock said himself that of all the promotions that he's achieved and all the clubs that he's saved for, from relegation, keeping Huddersfield Town in the championship last season is right up there, if not the top achievement of his career, because... You know, I'll be honest, I watched a lot of Huddersfield Town last season and at, at periods you just thought, I just don't see how they're getting out of this. And then Neil Warnock is brought in and it's just that mindset change. And although the start was difficult, he's referred to that himself a couple of times, back-to-back 4-0 defeats, knives were out in some quarters. Uh, you know, he's he's a dinosaur, he can't do the job, all of that. He sort of He's very aware of what people say about him. Um, but to turn that around at the end of last season, given that he walked into a very difficult situation, um, a team that really needed to be pulled together. It was, it's the man management side of things. That's so much of his success. And to be able to pull that team together, he wasn't able to bring in any new faces. It's like, right, this is what you've got. You've got however many games to save us. And the fact that he did that with a game to spare, no less, it, it's just an incredible achievement. And whatever you think of Neil Warnock, Huge credit to the guy for being able to pull off that because it it it's a miracle that he managed to to get that sorted out in the in the amount of time that he had to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, do you think it's one of them where we'll appreciate it more the more time passes? You, you know, like obviously we talk about how everything's new and we need so much more information in terms of football, but as the kind of distance goes from that, um, we'll kind of appreciate how how big a job that was. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I think as well, when you kind of look at teams who have fallen into League One, um, it's incredibly difficult to get out of that division. And mm. you do kind of want it's sliding doors moments, isn't it? You know, Neil Warnock arrives, he manages to keep Huddersfield Town in the championship. Can you imagine a scenario where Neil Warnock had not arrived and Huddersfield Town were now in League One? Goodness knows only know who the manager would be. I can't imagine that it would still be Mark Fotheringham at this point. Um, but just trying to get out of that division is really, really hard. I mean, you just ask Derby County fans, Sheffield Wednesday fans, how long it's taken them to get out of League One. Ipswich, likewise. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty terrifying prospect. And I think the further down the line we go, should Huddersfield Town go on and be successful this season and... As the owners are saying, they've got a three-year plan now to get in the Premier League. That will be a real watershed moment in the club's history, potentially, that you look back and go, thank goodness it was building from a position in the Championship rather than building from a position in League One. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't want to, um, you know, like you say, it is a huge risk. And for me, I, I, it was funny because Neil actually revealed that first, didn't he? Um, and I, I think, you know, Jake maybe was like, oh, yeah, no, that is the plan. But maybe that wasn't the time to say it. But, <laughs> you know, from the fan perspective, for me, I I think that's, um, you know, it's bold. And you have to say, uh, I think at town previously, we've maybe lacked ambition in some senses, I think, since... We were relegated from the Premier League at, at times. It's felt like we're quite happy being a lower mid-table team. So it's good to have ambition. I just, um, 
like you say, it's a, it's a hell of a call, really, to get rid of uh, Neil, who's obviously the most experienced probably manager you can ask for in this division. And, uh, yeah, target of three, three years to get back into the Premier League. I feel um, I feel like it's putting a big target on the back. You know, it's a lot of pressure if this doesn't go wrong. I know, I mean, we saw with Phil Hodgkinson how um, his uh, he had grand plans and uh, people used his words against him. So I'm not I'm not trying to create any drama where, there, where there's not. But um, <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, it's a big... Like you say, it's a big, big call. Um, this, and I'm sure we'll we'll find out in the coming days who who replaces him. Yeah, that's it. Um, it, and it it means, as you say, that the the club, Kevin Nagel is the owner. Um, people will remember what's been said because it never goes away. It's in print. It's on record. Mm. It's on radio. People can look back in three years' time and go, "Hang on a second. Back in September 2023, you said this." And either everybody goes, fantastic, you delivered 2026 and Huddersfield Town are in the Premier League, happy days. Or they look back and go, well, what was all that about? Because you made this promise and you haven't delivered on it. So it is, it's, it's a really big call and, it, and that is going to be reflected not only in the next managerial appointment, but also in the backing that the club gets and, and some of the bigger picture things that they're doing as well in terms of bringing the academy system, getting that back up and running as well. And you know they're, they're very also clear on wanting to continue and build those bridges within the community, make the match day experience a bigger thing. These are all, it's great to have these big things. And as you say, as a fan, you want ambition. You want to believe that the people leading your club have got the the best intentions and have got really big plans for it. You know, you don't want to be, as you say, just kind of happy to be 17th in the championship every season. Where's the fun in that? But it does mean that, yeah, you've got to follow it through. You can't make a claim like that or you can't set out an intention like that and then not at least show signs that you are wanting to deliver on it. You know, I mean, I could, it's just one of those, isn't it? You, you, time will tell. Time will tell whether this kind of statement is um, foolish or otherwise. <laughs> I would like to think not. I would like to think they, they can show clear signs of progress and, and deliver on what they're, they're saying. And, and that starts with the manager. Oh, definitely, and I think if you uh, if you want to be positive about it, I, I've been really encouraged what they're doing behind the scenes. I think um, it looks like we are getting our act together, and certainly they've they've kind of communicated that. And um, yeah, it's a big call, and they'll know it's a big call, and they'll know obviously how much the fans do love Neil. Um, so you think like with all that in mind, you think they would factor all that in and like know who that whoever they go into a point. Um, not it's a sure bet because you never know in football. I mean, I know. You'll know this, Catherine, because Neil always loves to tell a little anecdote about how people go for a long-term manager instead of him. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he loves that one. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's a really interesting time, I think. Um, and, you know, obviously changes, uh, changes always happen at a football club, but I suppose you've got to look at it as change is quite exciting, you know. We, we know oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great from a journalist's point of view. It's great because doing this job, there is literally never a dull moment. There is always something going on. Um, so, yeah, it's it's following the story and just waiting to see what happens next and then calling a few people to account if it looks like it's, it's not going right, you know. Um, so we try and kind of be very aware of how the fans are feeling about things and we're in an incredibly fortunate position as journalists that you do you get to go and speak to the manager of a football club you get to speak to the chief executive of a football club they are sitting there right in front of you and you can ask them pretty much anything um, and that's a hugely privileged position to be in and, and that's kind of how I see it that we are there 
to be nosy. We are there to represent the fans. We are there to to try and ask the questions that people want asking and put them on the spot a little bit and see what happens. Yeah, no, definitely. And I have to say, I thought your line of questioning was very good at the presser. It's uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the responses. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll I I think I've peppered you enough for questions at this moment. We'll we'll hear from the listeners as we kind of wrap up about Neil. So um okay. quite a question. A few things the things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Okay. Quite a question this week was um it, obviously it's what has Neil Warnock's time at Huddersfield uh, meant to you, his second spell? And as you can imagine, there was quite a few responses that were very positive. Um, I'm gonna read a couple out and then I'm gonna okay. ask you yourself Catherine because uh, you have a, a different take which we always like so um, Lee Morris he says it's brought back my passion it's been a throwback to what football used to be like and thoroughly enjoyable I've never seen a manager unite a fan base instantly and before anyone else says it David Wagner wasn't instant that's a very Lee Morris response as to getting <laughs> something at the end um, Adam Bell says survival absolutely dead and buried in February it's been a joy to witness the calm pragmatic positive leadership over the past few months never panicked even when the things were tough took on the pressure and did it all with a smile on his face. Big shoes to fill. And finally, Mark Harrison says, how can you have all the, how you can have all the coaching badges in the world and sound tactics, but you also need to know how to get the best from individuals in order to have success. One that was born to be a football manager. Yeah, I certainly agree. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, in terms of, I think this is the thing um, I remember talking because I'm sure, you, you know, you'll be aware as well, Catherine, but, Huddersfield, you know, from the out, as much as we love the club, I think certainly from a neutral perspective, there's not a lot of interest. And I think the thing for me was um, having Neil Warnock back as manager. I had so many more people asking me, like, oh, what's he doing? Like, what's he saying? How's it going? And I think he just, he brought, like, I, I, I agree. I think he, for me, he really galvanised us and gave us someone to believe, believe in. And, um, you know, I, I, Matt was talking about it on the pod the other day. And I, I remember... Um, the Watford game uh, where we won three two on Good Friday, and uh, just his little wink to the camera when he's asked, um, <laughs> you know, what's the difference, and he's like, oh, it's about having a good manager, and it's just, <laughs> I, I think there wasn't a lot to shout about last season, and not a lot of things to get be positive about, and I think, um, you know, he really brought that, and I, you know, I, I'll be forever grateful to him as a as a town fan. But um, Catherine, what did it mean to you? Obviously, we talked about the presses. Yeah, I think. You would just sum it up as he—he's box office. He's box office is Neil Warnock. The amount of people who are interested in what he's got to say and how he behaves and the results that he's bringing in goes way beyond Huddersfield Town. And we see that with the interaction. You know, if we post a little video on Twitter or you know you, you put interviews out there, people are fascinated by Neil Warnock, and he is thoroughly entertaining. And in a world these days you you can speak to a lot of footballers and a lot of managers and they are very very wary of having an opinion of being outspoken about things I get that I would say not so much local media but national media there is a bit of a perception that you know we're all there as journalists to catch you out to hang you out to dry and that has made people very cautious about what they say the result of that is that it can get very very boring because people are frightened to have an opinion 
Neil Warnock is the polar opposite of that. Neil Warnock has absolutely no qualms whatsoever about saying exactly what he thinks. And that is utterly refreshing um, and very, very entertaining. And he is he's he's box office from the moment he took the, the job in the first place to then announcing that he was going to stay on. Even this week, you know, the, the 50 minutes that, that we were in the press conference on Monday with him talking. He's an absolute showman. He loves it. He loves the limelight. He loves the questions. He loves the banter. He loves the back and forth with us as press, with fans, with players. And I think that's why part of the reason he's so successful on the pitch. It's the man management side of things. But the fact that he is an outspoken character, he knows absolutely how to play the game, play the media to get the, the message out there that he wants to get across can ask him a question he might well give you a completely different answer but it means that he's got a course of what he wants to say so that I think is how I will remember his time at Huddersfield Town as just being a thoroughly entertaining person to deal with whatever you think of his style of football as I say he will always get that criticism of is he a dinosaur I, I disagree with that I think there's far more to him than that it's not just man management there has got to be the tactics behind it as well um but yeah I will I will miss him from an entertainment point of view, because we're all about BBC Radio Leeds. We're all about radio. We want to make good radio. And Neil Warnock, 99.9% of the time, makes great radio because he is just thoroughly engaging to deal with. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot about Neil. We'll uh, we'll actually get on to the <laughs> preview now. But um, before we do, before we go for the, the ad break, um, as always, we're sponsored by uh, Magic Rock Brewing. So uh, if you are heading to the Coventry game, which we're going to preview shortly, um, you can order your drinks ahead of Monday if you head to magicrockbrewing.com and use our code AHTTC10. You can get 10% off your all, all your online orders. Uh, so yeah, get it used and we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and preview Coventry. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so Catherine, we talked a lot about um, about Neil, about, uh, you know, the, last night a little bit. We we need to preview this Coventry game because on Monday I suppose the interesting <laughs> thing is um, we we don't know who, sorry we don't know who's going to be in charge. So. No, well that's it. Should we just kind of leave a gap and then we can edit a name in afterwards? I don't quite know how this is going to work because who knows? Honestly, there's been so many names linked with this job. It could be anybody who's been announced by the time we actually get to Monday night. So again, if, all I would say with that is that whoever it is the eyes of the footballing world will be on this game on Monday night just to see who it is and how they get on first game in charge. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I suppose, um, yeah, it's it's difficult to preview. <laughs> you don't know who's going to yeah. be in charge. But we'll, we'll give it a go. I mean, um, I suppose the thing is, and I, I think it was Matty Pearson speaking to, to yourselves at Radio Leeds, you know, he mentioned how he's had, what was it, five managers in the last three years? Um, oh, ri- yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you think whoever comes in, it does seem like the long-term appointment. Um, do you think that stability is, is what Huddersfield need right now? Because there has been a lot of chop and change, hasn't there? 
Yeah, it's it, it's got to be. I mean, whoever gets the job, they've got to give them a fair crack of the whip with it. Um, particularly bearing in mind again that it's going to be somebody coming in. It's they're inheriting someone else's team. Um, I mean, what you? How many transfer windows do you need before you can shape a team the way you want? Unless you know you are walking into it going. I'm quite happy with that, but I don't think there's many managers that ever walk in and go, yeah, we don't need anybody else. It's perfect as it is. Happy days. Um, They've got to be given some time, but football is a cutthroat world. Um, So you can only hope that they come in, show signs of progress, start getting some results, move up the table, and then people can afford to be patient. Uh, but you, you just don't know, do you? I mean, what is stability in football these days? Uh, honestly, if you get to the end of a season and it's still the same manager, you're doing well, quite frankly, because people seem to just get it's chop and change all the time, isn't it? But there does come a point where you have to stick for a bit, even if initially it's looking a bit tricky. You've got to give people time um, because otherwise it's just that ongoing merry-go-round. And how can you ever really make progress if you keep, changing manager every five minutes. So let's hope whoever gets the job uh, comes in, could see what they want to do with it and they stick with it for a, a good stretch at least. Um, I mean, you don't ever want it to become a position where it's looking completely untenable at which point you've got, got to get rid. Hopefully that's not the case and it will can be steady away for Huddersfield Town for the rest of this season and let whoever gets the job kind of get their ideas into practice, build a bit, have a couple of windows, and and, and then they can really start to grow in the way that the club are really hoping that they will. Mm, definitely. And I mean, obviously, the post-Nil Walk era begins on Monday. It's live on Sky. I know you're you're covering the game, Kath. Uh, yeah, let me tell people that. I don't even listen to that. And plus, like, Sky, it annoys people. I know it annoys people who are of Huddersfield Town persuasion because you suddenly get people rocking up. We've seen them about once in the last three years um, so all I can say on that front is yeah it might be on the telly mute them and stick the radio on at the same time and, but uh, it's not Paul London actually Oggy's off on Monday but Matt Glennon will be there and, uh, and Jamie and myself at Coventry on Monday so uh, and oh. we're on all frequencies as well I know that this drives people insane I'm really sorry I wish this was not the case but rest assured Monday night that we are on all BBC Radio Leeds frequencies so you'll be able to find us in all sorts of different ways which is great well, there you go. There you go. And obviously, Town are unbeaten in three matches heading into this one. Uh, and I was looking at the stats for, for Coventry. Um, they've won just once in the last six league games. And uh, they're actually below Town in the table. I had a quick look. Um, and they haven't won at home since mid-August. I mean, you know, whoever's in charge, ha- how do you think about this one? Because Coventry, we know, um, obviously, they made the player final last season. But they've not. They've had a bit of a stuttering start, not really got going. So is it a good kind of first game for whoever comes in on Monday? I don't think it's an easy one. Um, Coventry are a team, I think, in a bit of transition because they came so close, so close. I mean, Huddersfield Town fans have been there. You know what it's like to come Mm. within a whisker of getting promoted to the Premier League and then it doesn't happen. Um, And that can take a little bit of time to get over. Equally, they've had a big shift in terms of playing personnel, sold a couple of players for big, big money, um, which they do by the looks of it, quick down through their transfer business. And they have spent quite a lot of that, you know, bringing in players 
there's not that many players in the championship that are making signings for like nine million quid a pop, a good four or five million on a few others here or that. You know, they have reinvested that money quickly to replace the, the players who have gone out. Um, so I just feel for them, maybe it is a little bit of a period of transition, a little period of getting over that disappointment of missing out through the playoffs last season. But they do still have Mark Robbins in charge. Um, they have. I mean, that if you want in signs of stability, I think, is he the longest serving manager in the championship now? Second longest? I think you're right. He's yeah, certainly yeah. right up there. He's been there a long time. And, and they've come through some real sticky patches, Coventry, but in terms of things off the pitch, which have been a nightmare. Mm. I mean, remember the start of last season where the, the pitch was an absolute joke and nobody could play on it for about the first three months. Mm. Um, all the issues with the ground as well, playing in different places. All the, so they've really stuck with Mark Robbins through some very difficult times. And I, I do think he's a good manager um, and a very underrated manager as well. Um, so whoever gets the job, everybody want you want new manager bounce, don't you? That's that's the phrase we're looking for, new manager bounce. But it's not going to be easy away at Coventry, who have got some quality players, um, difficult place to go. Um, I don't know, would you take a draw from that? I, I would say a draw away at Cov is probably a good result. Although bearing in mind, as you say, they've had a, a bit of a tricky start to the season. So don't know, don't know on that one. Um, but I, I, I'd be minded to think that a draw wouldn't be a bad result there. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think um, whoever's in charge, I think, you know, genuinely a point away from home is, is, is uh, you know, good going, I'd say. And particularly, let's be honest, if they're, you know, We've, they said, uh, obviously, Jake Edwards said they hope to make an announcement by the end of this week. So whoever comes in, they're not going to have a lot of time. So I think... No, um, well, that's it, aren't they? It's literally, unless they've been sort of hiding, hiding around the back somewhere for the last two weeks, um, they're going to have next to no time to work with the players at all. So I wouldn't be expecting any kind of revolution come Monday night. I think it'll be pretty much, you'd like to think, round pegs, round holes, steady away. Let's see what we can do. And then... Gradually, you know, the, whoever that gets the job can start to to work on it and bring in their own ideas in the coming months. But yeah, um, a, a steady away performance on a Monday night would be probably the best thing. I think at this stage. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, um, you know, from from you covering the games and attending uh, the pre and post match stuff. I mean, have you? We've seen with Town they bring in people. You know, sometimes with uh, not a lot of time between games. Um, you know, when you're at those press conferences, and obviously it's like a short turnaround. We know the championship. I mean, let's be honest; it feels like there's a game every two days. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> have, have you noticed anything different? Can you sense that kind of? Because um, uh, obviously we saw with Chicho stuff, like when you know we were changing managers a, a bit last season. Do you feel? Um, I suppose the chaos really does that come across in those in those press conferences. <laughs> It can do. It can do a little bit. Um, I'm assuming, and this is a big assumption, uh, we're talking on Thursday morning, we're kind of expecting new manager announcement Friday at some point, press conference Friday. And then the questions will be, hopefully not first, who are you? <laughs> Somebody we all know who it is. Um, and then it will be just kind of trying to get out of whoever it is a little bit more about what their plans are, why they've taken the job, how they see this squad, what it's capable of, how they feel about following in the footsteps of, of Neil Warnock. And there is always a bit of a buzz uh, in the same way that a load of people were there on Monday to say goodbye to Neil Warnock or find out that he was he was confirming he was heading off. It will probably be the same with this new one as well. There will be quite a good number of people there um, because there's just an awful lot of questions to ask at this stage. Um, say. Uh, <laughs> 
in the immediate term, what are you going to do for Coventry away on Monday? And then a bigger picture, how is this going to work over the next three years, hopefully, to get the club back in the Premier League? How are you going to make that happen? Um, so, yeah, it, it will be, again, another interesting press conference if, if it happens tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is. But you'd imagine sooner rather than later, at least. Yeah, that really makes me laugh. You've just reminded me, actually, about, um, I think it was uh, in, in the pre-match with Neil. Um, obviously, everyone's asking questions about him and it'll be the same with the new manager. And then I think it was uh, Stephen Chicken was just like, I'm probably the only one who cares about injury. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just sort of have to throw that in as yeah. well. By the way, who's fit? is Jonathan yeah. Hogg going to be fit for Monday night? You yeah. kind of have to throw that in there as well. So, uh, yeah, it is very much balancing the here and now and then the bigger picture. And, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that whoever takes the job on, it will be another opportunity I would like to think that somebody from the board will be there as well. I would expect um, Jake Edwards would probably be there as well to, to field a few more questions because it would be nice to hear a little bit more from him about what the big picture plan is going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose it's um, it's an interesting one for, for you to, to chat to whoever the new person is going to be because I feel like, it, like you say, it's a lot of pressure. I almost feel like you want to be the you know, I know they're bringing in someone long term, but you almost want to. It's you know, I'm not comparing it in the same way of like a Wenger or Ferguson, but you almost want to be the person after the person. You know, like so someone else can be in between. So yeah, yeah it's an interesting one. Yeah, very much so, and they will. They'll inevitably ask about that. It is such a tough act to follow. So what makes you think that you are the right person to follow on from Neil Warnock? I'll also be really interested from the point of view of who it is, because Neil Warnock a few times this week has said, they've not told me who it is. I've got no idea. I've not been involved in the recruitment of this process. It might be somebody I don't like. <laughs> and you're like, OK, so who might fall into that bracket of people that Neil Warnock does not like? Um, I'm hoping it's not. I, 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 yeah, it, it's just the not knowing, isn't it? Because it could mm. be anybody. It could be, you know, you sort of, your obvious choices of a, a, a Darren Moore, that seems kind of a logical one. Or it could be something absolutely left field that comes from nowhere in the same way that the Mark Fotheringham thing came from nowhere. Um, and then everybody's frantically on Google going, who's this bloke? <laughs> um, so hopefully it will at least be somebody that is a name. And then we can try and pick up from there and say, right, OK, well, over to you. What are you going to do? Yeah, and uh, I feel like we've not <laughs> we've not done a lot of Coventry in this, but obviously no. Sorry, sorry, Coventry. No, no, it's fine. I mean, um, you touched on Mark Robbins. Obviously, you've you're familiar uh, with Mark. I mean, um, you know, share us a little bit of what it was like when I know it's a few years back now when he was at town. But um, what's your kind of experience with him? Oh wow. The thing I'll always, I suppose, as much as anything, remember with Mark Robbins was when he got sacked. Um, because yeah. that, again, was an absolute bolt out of the blue. I think, that, what was it, after the first game of the season? Heavy defeat. And suddenly you're getting a phone call on a Sunday morning going, uh, right, there's an announcement coming. And we're like, what? Yeah. Just sat down and got some toast on the go. <laughs> How is this happening <laughs> one game into the season? Um, so that that will always stick in the memory of, of the ruthless call because it, it, that was completely out of the blue. In terms of Mark Robbins as a person, I, as I said before, I think he's a hugely underrated manager. Um, he's, he's clearly had a, a really successful time at Coventry. They continue to stick with him. They've got a lot of faith that he will be the person that ultimately gets Coventry back into the top flight. Um, to deal with him on a personal level, very dry sense of humour, very tell it like it is. I think if you asked him a stupid question, he would 
turn around and say that's a stupid question <laughs> it's not going to kind of dress it up at all um but yeah a, a, a decent bloke to deal with and as I say a very dry sense of humor as well so if you could kind of work out how to take him um that took a little bit of getting used to but um yeah no nothing but good things to say about him really and uh, it would have been interesting to see how his time at Huddersfield Town had panned out if he'd been stuck with a little bit longer but Again, sliding doors moments, isn't it? He's gone on to other things and say he's, he's doing a good job at Coventry. Yeah, absolutely. And the Coventry fans absolutely love him. And uh, mm. I know as much because Tom, uh, although he's not here, uh, for our fan phone in, he did manage to squeeze that in. So he caught up with one of the lads from uh, Sky Brews Extra, uh, the Coventry City fan pod, and here's what they had to say. <laughs> Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phoning. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. So, as you know, Tom normally speaks to the fans, and I did say in the pod, oh, Tom, here's Tom speaking to a fan earlier, but, oh, I'm Tom, I'm in Germany, I've got to do work, oh, I can't be on a podcast talking about Coventry, Anyway, um, I'm going to try and do an impression of Tom talking to uh, our fan, so here we go. Hiya mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, so what are your thoughts on last season? Thoughts on last season, well it was a roller coaster on and off the pitch and with the pitch as well, uh, which caused all sorts of issues. Bottom in October, one win from the first 10 games or so, things were looking pretty bleak. Um, small squad, very little depth, injuries to key players, yet the king, Mark Robbins, somehow took us into the playoffs for our first ever play- championship playoff campaign and to the playoff final where unfortunately we obviously lost out on a penalty shootout to Luton Town so a heartbreaking end uh, a tremendous surge um, in, especially in the second half of the season after a dismal start but all in all it was a, a season to remember um, and so many highlights and so many memories created already done one impression i feel bad um okay i'm just gonna ask these normally so uh did the loss in the final affect your start to the season at all the loss in the playoff final obviously uh was an incredibly bitter pill to swallow um and do i think it's affected the start of the season i do um because we were always scheduled to have a big big rebuild whether we had not got in the playoffs at all, whether we'd won the playoffs and we're in the Premier League right now, or whether what you know did happen and we and we lose in the playoff final, we had a lot of deadwood out of contract. But it's affected our start of the season because the defeat ultimately has, has seen us lose our two best players uh, in Victor Jokerez and Gustavo Hamer, arguably, in my opinion, two of the best players in the league uh, last season. Similar to Huddersfield when um, when you lost in the playoff final to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Toffolo and O'Brien uh, were sort of pinched and, and you do feel the effects because you've got to replace and not only have we got to try and replace them as best we can we also had so many loan players go back and um, sort of other players out of contract who we released and we had to try and bring a whole load of new players in and, and bed them in and it's obviously it has affected the start of the season there's no two ways about it um, not making excuses the manager Mark Robbins won't make excuses but it is a long season and, you know, it's just going to unfortunately take a bit of pain in the short term for ultimately what I think will be long-term gain. 
of course, Coventry have spent quite a bit of money uh, this summer compared to what you normally do. So what are your thoughts on the summer transfer window for the Sky Blues? Thoughts on the summer transfer market uh, in terms of outgoings, uh, inevitable uh, and, and disappointing um, in terms of it was inevitable that Victor Jokeres was going to go. We got a tremendous fee for him. Gustavo Hamer was more disappointing. Uh, I think there was a consensus and feeling amongst the Sky Blue Army that he could sign a new deal because he really genuinely seems to you know love the club and love the area. Uh, but alas, you know the, the bright lights of the Premier League and, and, and Sheffield United sort of coming in uh, meant that we, we, we accepted around £15 million for him. So in terms of the p- personnel that we lost in those two players, huge blow. Um, but the money that we brought in, £35 million for two players who cost us a combined £2.5 million, um, is a really good return. And we have reinvested, you know, over twenty million pounds of that. Um, had you write a new club record signing for seven point seven million? Ellis Sims three and a half uh, rising. Um, Milan van Abak from Heronveen for three and a half million. Liam Kitching Barnsley's captain for four million. Um, there are you know some highlights around Bobby Thomas, another centre back for a couple of million. There's a lot of a lot of big big signings, um, but. And overall, I think everyone was very, very excited. We didn't bring in a central midfielder. That is a big blow. Um, we didn't replace Hamer. So that's going to have to be done in January. But we've got what we have now until then. And we've got, them, got to make the most of it. So all in all, yeah, I am happy with the transfer market. I'd probably give it, you know, like a, a base of what I've seen so far, probably a 7 out of 10. I think, you know, you don't want to lose your best players. I think had we brought in a replacement for Hamer, uh, and if I'd seen a bit more from our new signing so far, that, that score would be higher. But I, I certainly think there's reasons to be optimistic uh, moving forward to the rest of the season. Interesting. And who would you say your favourite player so far this season is? Favourite player so far this season? Mm, tough one. It's difficult to look past sort of our veteran you know, and, and long-term striker, Matty Godden, who's had a tremendous start, five league goals and seven league games so far this season. Um, but I, I also have been you know, mightily impressed with our new right wing back, uh, Mike Milan Van Abak, who's got tremendous pace, tremendous energy, um, and I think he's shown glimpses that he's potentially going to be our next sort of potentially one of our big assets moving forward. Um, and and our youngster who we got on loan from Brighton, Yasin Iyari, he also showed glimpses that he's going to be a really good player. I wouldn't say there's been a standout candidate, um, unfortunately, uh, and, and I think our results reflect that. Um, but I think it's just it's a matter of time before some of the new players really sort of step up to the mantle. Um, but yeah, in terms of so far, our current crop of players, it's hard to look past our top scorer and joint top scorer in the league um, in Matty Godden. It's a question we asked to all our um, fellow fan podcasts, especially when we're playing an away game. Um, what are the best pubs uh, if away fans are going on Monday? What would you recommend? Now, here's a good question. What pubs to visit on Monday? Well, it depends what time you're getting into Coventry. If you've got a chance to go to the city centre, uh, which is about four and a half miles from the ground, uh, there's a couple of really nice pubs. Uh, there's the Golden Cross uh, very old pub near the old and new cathedrals. Um, you've then obviously got the modern day delights of your Weatherspoons, uh, but there's Dylan's Spire Bar as well, uh, amongst many others in the city centre, the Town Wall Tavern, um, the Gate House. 
yeah, there's lots and lots of places. If 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 getting to the ground is going to be the main thing, then um, then there's the anecdotes at the uh, at the ground. There is some pubs along Longford Road, um, and I believe there's a an away sort of fans friendly pub there. There's also Dylan's Brewery, which I've seen visiting supporters at as well, um, which is just behind this at the back of it, an industrial estate near the ground, which has become home fans' sort of favourite place to go. So, yeah, there's places that you better grab a drink depending on what time you get there. And, of course, in the ground itself, um, there will be, obviously, drinks available there. And finally, I know everyone hates doing these, uh, us included, but what's your score prediction for the game on Monday? Score prediction for Monday? Well, after what has been a less than inspiring start for the Sky Blues. There's a bit of pressure on this game um, back at home after back-to-back away games where we only managed to get one point from six. We are unbeaten um, at home this season at the CBS and I've, I think that will continue. I, I think a response is needed, particularly after our dismal performance away at Cardiff. And I fancy... I fancy one of our new strikers to get up and running. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to Coventry, perhaps with Ellis Sims or Haji Wright getting a goal um, on the night. It's not going to be an easy game. I think the change of manager might work in our favour, actually, uh, this time. And yes, we we need a win. And I, I think it's, from our point of view, it's the perfect opportunity to try and sort of just calm some of our fans down um, get another win on the board and know that, okay, everything's going to be all right. We just need to be a bit patient um, and we're going to get there. Okay, so we've heard from the, the commentary fan there. Um, yep, interesting one. I mean, with this, like I say, I think the reason we've kind of changed the format of this normally is because there's so many unanswered questions going into uh, Monday. So I suppose really... Um, yeah, how how do, how you kind of see, seeing this one? There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, um, I think for whoever comes in, you're on a kind of you can't lose really either way, can you? I mean, obviously, you can you can lose in the grand in the literal yeah. sense of the word. I think if you come in as a new manager, literally two days before a game, you've got so little time to to work with your players to get your ideas in in place that if it comes away and Huddersfield Town lose on Monday night. Everybody kind of shrugs their shoulders and go, well, you know, they've had a bit of a hard, it's hard to come in at such short notice and start to make changes. If they win, brilliant. You're off on the best possible footing. Everybody immediately is like, great, you know, that that's a really positive start and we can build from there. Um, so whoever it is, yeah, they, they can't really lose either way, I don't think. Uh, but it would be nice to, I think, just at least get a bit of a sense of how they're going to go about things. Um don't know I mean can you can you read much into somebody's managerial approach from from one game at such short notice I don't know but you'd like to think if nothing else go to Coventry and give it a good go let's let's see what happens you know go over there and and try and put them under a little bit of pressure because Huddersfield Town do have some real quality players you know you don't need to be afraid of going to places like Coventry that was Neil Warnock's big thing this squad is capable of getting results against anybody and they've been good away from home as well so why not why not go and and give Cov a good a good go in and, and see what they can come away with. And if it doesn't work and it doesn't defeat onwards and upwards, we kind of draw a line under it. And then once they've had a bit more time, whoever the, the new manager is can hopefully work their magic and get the best out of the squad. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know we're talking about the um, one of the best managers in town history, so maybe it's not a good comparison. But I always, <laughs> think, um, I always think with David Wagner, you know, when he came in and those those first two games, even though we lost, you could really see clearly what we were trying to do. Um, and I think, you know, it is asking a lot because let's say the person's announced uh, on Friday. Um, obviously, that's only a couple of days to work with the squad. But, you know, I suppose that's it, isn't it? Like you say, you could spin it out. The result is almost... Um, doesn't really matter because I think you can spin it either way, can't you? Uh, yeah. You know, so, which um, is probably why we a good thing that we do match predictions because I will ask you <laughs> uh, to predict the score for this one. Um, so many, so many variables. I know it's really hard. You know, yeah. the manager comes in and puts like eleven men behind the ball, and then he's got nil nil all over it, hasn't it? I'm gonna. I, I think it'll be a draw. Um, I'm gonna go a scoring draw. Um, I think it might be a repeat of, of the the Stoke result. I think it, I'm gonna go two two. I think I'm notoriously terrible at this, by the way. So don't read anything into this score prediction. In fact, I would go for the polar opposite of whatever the opposite of two two is, because I am terrible at predictions. But uh, yeah, I think. If they can come away with a point away at Coventry, I think that would be a good a good start and something to build on. Oh, and we do have a little. Uh, I do, we're not good at predictions either, but we do have a little spreadsheet, <laughs> so we'll announce the winner. So you get a bonus point if you get a correct goal scorer. So if you predicted two, who are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go Rodoni again. I'm so pleased for him that he finally seems to be hitting the back of the net after that long lean spell where it seemed like no matter what he did, it was not going in the back of the net. Um, so hopefully that continues. I'm going to go Rodoni and uh, I don't know. Um, do we go with one of the defenders maybe again? Similar, similar. I think, yeah, similar to, to Stoke, maybe a Pierce or a Helix, somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that. Um, I'm also going to go for a draw, um, but I think, in very typical town fashion, I think we'll have the announcement. Obviously, uh -huh. you're covering it on radio. It's going to be on TV, and I feel like there'll be a lot of build-up, and I think it's going to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not always the way. It's like Sky big up there, big super Sunday, woo, bells and whistles, and then it's like two terrible nil-nil draws. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you could well be right, but no, I'm going to at least hopefully a scoring draw. Goals, goals are what we like. Yeah, I mean, I hope for your sake as well, because you're covering the game, at least there's something interesting to talk about in the game, because there's oh, nothing worse left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's nil-nil draws and nil-nil draws. Uh, my big hope for Monday night is that the, the technical gods at Coventry are not always on our side. Okay. Um, I've had recent experience of Coventry, which I'm still having therapy for these days, where things just do not work. Um, they've got a very different kind of infrastructure setup. I'm sorry, this is very boring behind the scenes geekery, but they do have a very different kind of broadcasting um, setup to a lot of other grounds, which means that we have to take different bits of kit with us. Um, we have to kind of sync things up in slightly different ways and then we turn up and we pray that it all works rest assured i'm putting this out here now if anything does not work on monday night and we drop off the air it will not be our fault because we'll be there in about five hours in advance of kickoff to make sure that everything works but i've had yeah some some slightly hair raising experiences at coventry where 
kind of been midway through games and things are not working and you've had to hot foot it out to the car park to get another bit of kit and hot foot it back again and try and plug it all in. All meanwhile, that that poor old Matt and Oggy are desperately trying to kind of keep everything flowing and describing the action while there's all this chaos breaking out in the background. But uh, fingers crossed anyway for Monday night that the technical gods are on our side. Well, yeah, here's hoping all the drama's <laughs> on the pitch rather than off it. Let's um, hope so. But before we just go, obviously we're, we're going to close out, but it is time for the mailbags. You've got mail. So we've got two questions here. We'll keep it We'll keep it short. Um, so the first one is from Guy Bradley. Uh, he asks, um, we're still talking about Warnock here. I suppose this is a good way to close the Warnock chat, but he says, Neil obviously has a reputation for long ball football, which I've always disagreed with until last night. <clears throat> Do you think he made them hoof it forward every time on purpose as kind of, if you think I play like that, I'll show you what it really looks like. Um, I did notice that actually now that Guy said it. Um, I think, yeah, there was a lot of launch in it. But to be honest, I think um, I think Stoke were, uh, <laughs> they were quite good actually. Um, I think we were lucky in the first half, as I mentioned. So, yeah, I, d- I don't know. What, what do you think, Catherine? Because I, I think Neil does have a reputation for, um, you know, dinosaur football, if you like, and like, you know, Route 1. But I don't think we've seen that at town at all, really. I think we've seen a lot no. of different I think I think that does him a bit of a disservice, to be honest. I think, and I think he thinks that does him a bit of a disservice mm. too. I think he's astute enough to recognise which teams that tactic actually might bear fruit and which teams that you just on a hide into nothing if you just launch it for. If you're playing against a, uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, teams I've seen this season, West West Brom, for example, they're, they're an enormous team. They've got, so what is the point of launching it forward to try and get a Josh Caroma or a Jack Rodoni on the end of it when they're quite clearly going to have trouble against like six foot nine defenders? You know, it's not going to work. And Neil Warnock is no mug. He doesn't get the results that he gets by just hoofing it forward because... You know, it clearly doesn't work against some opponents. And equally, if you just do that every single game, then the opposition manager is going to know, well, that's how they play. So that's how we defend against them. So, no, I, I don't I think maybe at times, yes, you will see that from a Neil Warnock side. But I don't think it would be fair to say that you see that all the time. And I think he would say as much himself. He very much takes exception to the to the dinosaur tag that he gets branded with. Laughs about it, but he's very much like, no, oh, there's more to me than that. Yeah, no, I don't disagree, and I think I think we've mentioned I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think um, you know he gets lumped in with the kind of old school British managers, and obviously there's similarities there. But I think the reason Neil is still getting results even at the age he is is because he he can adapt, whereas maybe some of the other managers haven't. You know, I yeah. think um, we've actually seen, you know, in my opinion, I think we've seen under Neil um, a lot more kind of attacking football this season. You know, last season was kind of a just need to get the results and you know maybe some of the play wasn't the best but yeah no I I I, I agree with you I don't think he is a get it forward as a, as the Yorkshire people would say <laughs> but yeah it's interesting I mean so our last question um this is kind of touching on the, the new one and I suppose we've kind of talked about this a fair bit but Scott asks um do we think the new manager whoever that is will be able to get more out of the squad we have than Neil did he Scott isn't so sure it's an interesting one isn't it oh, yeah yeah, that's going to be really interesting because Neil Warnock has got a tune out of players that you really thought, I think their time at Huddersfield Town might be numbered. And you you see, again, we're in a very privileged position in that the, and the, the, the club are very good at this, giving us access to the players as well as to the manager. That is not the case for everybody. Let me reiterate mm. that point. Um, 
so you can talk to the players and ask them about their relationship that they have with somebody like Neil Warnock. It's been put to pretty much every player that we've spoken to over the course of his time at Huddersfield Town. You know, what is it about Neil Warnock? And they're absolutely just full of praise for him as a person, that training is fun, that he gets the best out of them. Players like like you, Josh Karoma, uh, putting all that faith in Rodoni very publicly has bigged him up, has given him all kinds of, of credit. Players like Josh Ruffles, who's come back that you know had been written off by others, who Neil Warnock can't speak highly enough of. And then, of course, he has his favourites, doesn't he? You know, Danny Ward, he jokes himself that everybody thinks that Danny Ward is, is his son. Players like that, um, Jonathan Hogg, you know, they all speak in such glowing terms about Neil Warnock and the relationship they have with him as a man-manager. And I think that, above everything else, is going to be a big uh, and a tough act to follow for whoever comes in next. Um, because how do you go from playing for a guy that you've got huge respect for, you have a laugh with, you think is good fun, and then it's like, oh, OK, right, so... Who's this new guy? What are you all about? Are we going to have that same rapport? Is he going to have that same belief in me, that same faith in me? Now, I'm sure that for others who maybe not been in Neil Warnock's plans quite so much might be looking at it and going, great, this is a new opportunity for me now to, to kind of stake my claim to get myself back in the picture a little bit more. But for those who really did have that rapport with Warnock, that's going to be the big, the big ask for the next guy. It's like, can you do the same? Can you get the best out of those players in, in the same way that Neil Warnock did? May, albeit in a different style, because there is... There is only one Neil Warnock, really. <laughs> you can't see many other managers operating in the same way. But can that man management side of things be carried through? And some of the names in the frame, you think, yeah, I can see that. And some of the names that I've heard mentioned, I've thought, oh, that could be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a big shift for everybody and particularly the players and kind of how they react to whoever it is that comes through the door. Um, at the very least, hopefully it's somebody they go, right, I get that. I respect this person. Let's see what they're going to bring to the party. What you don't want is them going, is this guy then? Which has happened yeah. before. Yeah, I think the thing is, whoever comes in, like it's um, maybe not trying to, you know, you have to do it your own way. I know that's an easier thing to say, but, um, you know, if you're going to try and compare yourself and do similar to what Neil does, that's not going to work. But I, I suppose... Let's be honest, I think the fans are a little bit nervous, you know, because, it, it, like you say, it's the club has said they're doing it from a position of strength rather than, like, having to bring someone in to fix the problem. So um, it'll be an interesting one. I suppose the thing you could say, and, you know, um, cards on the table, I think I've said this on the podcast before, I wasn't particularly um, super keen to get Neil for another season. Not that he didn't do a fantastic job, but, um, you know, I think it just kind of, kicks the can down the road and you know obviously it doesn't matter because they've done it seven games in but I suppose the positives you can look at you know maybe is obviously um the ownership have kind of made it clear that you know not that there's loads of money available this season but there is some and I know obviously the, the chat was all about a striker um you know maybe whoever comes in now they'll have a long time between now and the January transfer window to have a look at the squad and see what they need and if we do have a long-term successor I suppose you can say look, if we've got a manager who signs a three, four-year deal, um, players might be more receptive to move. You know, that's no disrespect to Neil, but, you know, just just playing, you know, if I was a player, for example, am I going to want to sign for a manager who has a very clear style of play, who's only going to be here for a season, and then I don't know who's going to be the manager after that. So, you know, maybe looking at it that way, um, we can kind of see, you know, it, I suppose the question is, was it, is he able to get more out of the squad? I, I think maybe 
if this is the long-term person, they're going to start letting them shape the squad how they want. So um, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Um, I think, I suppose we'll just, we'll just find out, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Watch this space. That's all any of us can do at the moment. But as you say, I do think there is some, uh, something in that. Absolutely. That if you're a player, you know, when the, the next opportunity comes around in January and you can look at it and go, right, this is the person that's in charge. This is the way they play. They're going to be here for the foreseeable. You would like to think um, it is easier to kind of make that switch on, on good faith, thinking, yeah, I, I can fit into this person's plans rather than thinking, OK, well, this is only a short term thing. What's the next person going to think about me and that kind of thing? So hopefully it will work in their advantage at, 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 further down the line. But, yeah, at the moment, it'll just be right. Come in. This is the squad you've got. What can you do with them? Um and say Neil Warnock's really got a tune out of a lot of these players. Hopefully, the next person can do exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. And I think we'll end it there. And I, I really look forward to the second this goes out. Huddersfield have announced the manager, and this is all. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> it's going to be valid for approximately half an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, uh, Catherine, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to our sponsors, Magic Rock. As always, uh, we will be back to preview the next game. The lads will also be reviewing the Coventry game. I think they're in talks about a live show or whatever, but it will be covered. And. Um, yeah, I think we'll leave it there. So to tough now and up the town. So town play up. Bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.